yawning already? Man, haven't even started talking and people are yawning. Well, everybody laughed because they did it too? Oh. Man, all right. Tough crowd tonight. All right. Um, you know, I love being an American. Um, of course, I've mentioned this before, but I, I, I do not believe that that trumps being a Christian at all. You know, we need... Uh, that, that was, there was no pun intended on that, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, I... I uh, I believe that being a Christian is the most important thing. You know, that that, that is, you know, goes way beyond it. But, you know, being an American is just great. You know, this is the land of the free. I believe that maybe some of those freedoms are kind of vanishing, but still we have a lot more freedom than in a lot of other places. But, you know, we we value this condition, I believe, more than... Most things in life, this thought of freedom. I mean, that we value this to the point that so many people, men and women, are willing to lay down their lives to secure it and maintain it. Now you think about that. That that is a valued, valued characteristic of this country: freedom. But yet, countless people believe. That really there is no religious freedom. Now, what do I mean by that? Many believe that when it comes to serving the Lord uh, or even rebelling, that when we are choosing between heaven and hell, that we really don't have a freedom of choice there. We don't have a freedom of choice. And why, why is that? Well, let's examine this a little closer and see what the Bible says, because I believe. In free will. Does mankind have free will? I mean, that's, that's a good question. Do we have free will? Do we have the free will to choose? Uh, I found this interesting. The Westminster Confession of Faith says this. This is a quote from that. God has predestined and foreordained some men and angels to everlasting life out of his free grace and love, without any foresight of faith or works in a man or perseverance in either of them, and others are foreordained to everlasting death, and the number of either is so certain and definite that it cannot be increased or diminished. And so what does that say? It says that we are predestined. We are predestined... Uh, to either go to heaven or go to hell. And that is not based on whether or not we are obedient. But is that the case? Is that what the scriptures teach? No, the Bible does not teach this type of predestination. There is a type of predestination, if you will, that is in scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love, having foreordained us unto adoption as sons through Jesus Christ unto himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. When we look at this, 
I do not believe that the biblical model of predestination is the same as we have seen touted among our religious friends. Now, what is predestination then? Well, God has predestined that all that are in Christ should be saved. He did this from the foundation of the world. Now, when, when we, we think about this, God predestined a plan. He did not predestine a man. There is a plan here that we need to follow. God predestined the plan. He did not predestine the man. How do we know this? We have to have scriptural evidence. We can't just get up here and say whatever we want to. We have to back it up with scripture. So, here are some questions. If there is no free will, why are these verses listed in the scriptures? If there is no free will, let's start with this. Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. If, there's, if there is a predestination concerning what, what most people think of predestination, does that coincide with this passage? I don't believe so. This is the reason. If, in fact, we do not have any part in salvation, if we don't have a choice as to what we're going to do, if we have no choice in whether we go to heaven or hell, why is it that God would command us to go and teach? I mean, because what would teaching actually do? Teaching would do absolutely nothing. Because teaching does not matter in the case of someone going to heaven or going to hell, according to that, that thought. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Same thought process. Why would it matter? Why would it matter to go and teach? It wouldn't matter. It would be fruitless. If there was no free will, why Joshua 24 and verse 15? Joshua 24 and verse 15. Please turn there with me. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve Jehovah... Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. That's a choice. Why would he say that? Uh, come on, Joshua, you realize that doesn't matter. You can't do that. doesn't matter. You don't have any free will. That's not what Joshua believed. What about Matthew chapter 11? Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I... And meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
But see, if we do not have free will, why would the Lord even ask this of us? Now come unto me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, all ye that are, are, are lowly in heart, come on, come. Well, Jesus, it doesn't matter what we do in this life. Either we're saved or we're not. Now, that's obviously not the answer there, is it? What is Jesus saying? You have the choice to follow me. Please come follow me. Revelation 22 and verse 17. Revelation 22 verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And he that heareth, let him say, Come. And he that is a thirst, let him come. He that will, let him take the water of life freely. Brethren, what many have said and in the religious world concerning this idea of predestination, this idea of free will, just simply doesn't add up. When we look at this passage, what we have the choice. We have the choice to come to Christ. We have the choice to do right and wrong. We have all these choices to do. If, if there were no free will, then all these words are superfluous. They don't make any sense to us. Uh, I might even further add this. These become vain words. Now, brethren, I believe you understand that I do not want to count the word of God as being worthless. And I believe that many within the religious world today would not want to do that either. But the idea that we have no free will makes the word of God nothing more than a paperweight, a doorstop, a book on the shelf. We do have free will, brethren. The scriptures just don't make sense otherwise. We have free will and we have a choice in the matter. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye present yourselves as servants unto obedience, his servants ye are whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Skip down to verse 20. For when you were servants of sin, you were free in regard of righteousness. What fruit then had ye at that time, and the things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto sanctification, and the end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a right to choose. We have free will. And we get to choose who our master will be. And since we have a right to choose who our master will be. 
that becomes then, therefore, a very important decision. Am I going to, to choose the Lord, the one that can get me to heaven? Or I'm going to choose Satan, the one who cares nothing about me, the one who only cares about hurting the Lord, and really just wants to lead me astray just to get to him. Brethren, if, if we don't have any free will, then this just doesn't make any sense to me. Why the choice? Why the choice? We also have another choice in life. In Matthew 7, Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14. Enter ye in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many are they that enter in thereby. For narrow is the gate, and straight in the way that leadeth unto life, and few are they that find it. When we look at this, brethren, are we choosing the right path? Are we choosing what's right? Are we choosing where to go? I always look at this passage and I think, uh, I think about this, the idea, I've heard so many times people, people make that argument, oh, you people in the church of Christ, oh, you think that you're the only ones going to heaven. Now, I believe that we need to follow the scriptures in order to get to heaven. I believe that wholeheartedly. But do I believe that the entirety of the Lord's church is going to heaven? Absolutely not. Because guess what? Many of those people that we read about right here, many of those people will be members of the body of Christ that go astray. We have destinies set before us. But we get to choose our own destiny. We get to choose whether we want to live with the Lord for eternity. Or if we decide to serve ourselves in this world. And spend an eternity in hell. Now when you put it that way, the answer is easy, right? Oh Yeah. We get that. The answer is easy to that one. Well, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. That, that sounds much better, right? Heaven over hell is, is so much better. But brethren, we all know that there are things that tempt us. And we specifically, individually, have to overcome those ourselves. There are things that are enticing that we might think, yeah, you know, it's just a little bit. Don't give in. Don't give in to that choice. Do what's right. God has given us a free will. So what is it that we're going to choose? Are we going to choose to be saved?
or are we going to choose to serve ourselves? Now, when we preach a sermon like this, I believe it's important for us to make mention of how we are saved. First thing is very simple. It's a logical logical answer, and that is that you, you, you first have to hear the Word of God. And the reason we mention that is, that, yes, there are people that are out there that have either A, never actually heard the Word of God, you know, or B, they haven't heard it in truth. So we have to hear Romans ten seventeen. so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And once we have heard that word, we can then believe in it and what it speaks about. And particularly, we're talking about Jesus. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So hear, believe, and repent. Luke 13.3, I'll tell you nay. But unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We must hear, believe, repent, and we must confess. I know in Acts chapter 8 it looks like it's a a one-time thing when the Ethiopian eunuch is baptized. Uh, That's what he does. He does that just before his baptism. He makes a good confession, and, and we do that. But it's much more than that because in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, it is something that is done every day of that person's life. They have to make a good confession every day of their life. They have to tell others about the Lord. Uh, That's what he says there. Look, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father which is in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you also before my Father which is in heaven. So we hear, believe, repent, confess. And then we must be baptized into Christ. 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure wherein to... Even baptism doth also now save us. It's not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And last but not least, we must live faithfully. Revelation 2 and verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. If you have not yet obeyed the gospel by following these steps, you have an opportunity to do that tonight. If you are already a Christian and you have fallen short in some way and you need to repent, we'll be glad for you to do that tonight. Maybe you just need some prayers. Whatever the case, if there's anybody that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing. Days are